Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 51 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Rick. And I am Patrick. And we are happy to be back with you for episode number 51. Mm-hmm. This is going to be straight from the hip episode. Yeah. Like no notes, no nothing. <laughs> which, Just a topic. Which, if any if past history is any indication, this could be a major rabbit trail of information for what we're going to say we're going to discuss um, what do you mean? We never rabbit trail, man. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, you need to repent and confess right now. <laughs> lying, so, um, how's your week going? What's going on, man? It's been a, it's been a really long week. Uh, for me, uh, I have been, I've been putting in extra work hours cause we've been down a couple of folks and, and so we've had a couple of, uh, a couple of people come down with the coronavirus. Uh, so they have been sanctioned off and quarantined away for Mm -hmm. two weeks and and inevitably now we're having to cover for those people so it is what it is you know we deal with it one day at a time but uh but yeah it's just led to some busyness and Mm -hmm. and it's good to just sit back and relax and record some uh some discussion and drink a little bit of beer how about you man you know it's we're going on a vacation next week uh um we're we've had a change of plans we've had some family stuff come up that's uh, we've had to change our plans for, but um, yeah, but we're uh, we're still gonna get we're still gonna get away for a few days. We're gonna go nice. go and get go camping uh, nearby and just enjoy not being at work. So I'm you know uh, <laughs> enjoy t- the week off. <laughs> yeah, so today and tomorrow, um, will are two days where I'm trying to prepare to have the the guy the other guy who is the same me but for a different territory, mm-hmm. um have him as prepared as possible. Um, he's new, so there's also that <laughs> major glaring, like, how much do you know? How much do I want to tell you kind of thing? Um, Nothing like leaving the new guy in the deep end. I mean, let's just do it. Let's just do this right. So um, right. he'll be fine. It's, you know. There's other people in the office. Yeah, there, there, there's other people who know what they're doing. So, um, so we're just getting ready for that. We've got our family stuff that's going on, and I won't get into too much detail on that right now. But um, maybe in a future episode, we'll, we can address some of that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we're we're we're. Uh, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast yet, but we're in the process of uh, moving and selling our house and mm-hmm. trying to find a new house and. Um, so that you know, all the stress that comes with that, you know, you've done this a few times. <laughs> so I have definitely done that. So, uh, you know, we're just, you know, one step at a time, trusting that everything is going to work out and, uh, we're going to be where we need to be. So, but aside from that, we're, we're good. We're doing all right. Nice. Nice. Well, tonight mm-hmm. for our beer on tap, we are, uh, 
So, so walking through the store, you always kind of just look for that one beer. The first thing I do when I go through the stores, I just look for that one beer that's like, hey, you should drink me. And this one did it this week, and it's called Old Speckled Hen. Yeah, the Old Speckled Hen Distinctive English Pale Ale from the Moreland Brewery. And it is, um, they're based in the United Kingdom. So we're going, we've gone across the pond for this one tonight. Yeah, we have. So we, uh, we did the, we're, we're hoping for better results than when we did like our little, uh, Bahamian or whatever it was. When we that came was, in, that was terrible. <laughs> I will say this. I have had beer and not like Heineken or something like that, but like I've, I've legit had beer mm-hmm. from the United Kingdom in the United Kingdom. And I really enjoyed it. So that okay. was part of the reason I grabbed this one. Because this says on the on the box out, uh, that, it, that you buy, and it says it's the UK's number one beer. So, um, so, so this was uh, this is brewed in England. It gives you the address where it was brewed, and then it, have, uh, who imported it into the United States. So that's good information. Um, this thing took a slow boat ride is what it did. Yes, it did. Uh, let's see here. It's a distinctive and delicious toffee malt, uh, first brewed in 1979 to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the iconic MG factory, which I think I read somewhere as a car factory. It is, yeah. Have you ever seen MG? Um, I'm sure I have, but it's not. They're like little tiny, I think James Bond drove an MG at one point. It's a little tiny convertible. Okay, I'm not sure about, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're really cool. Well, they're they're as cool as a British car can be. So, um, I'm ready to to open this thing. If me you're too, ready. I've got my I've got my cap gun ready. I just have a bottle opener. <laughs> so here we go. This is the old speckled hand. We're gonna crack them open and pour them up. Here we go. One, two, three, crack. I did not pop as much as I'm used to. So, so when I open mine, there's not much pop at all. And I feel like yours, I don't know if it's maybe the acoustics of the room you're in are better for opening beer. Um, but I can usually hear it in my microphone and I did not hear it that time. So. Yeah. This smells pretty good though. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It smells a little bit like the um, Southern Pecan and it actually kind of looks like it too. So I'm pouring it up. This is uh, this has got my my color flavor written all over it. This is a like almost like an amber color. We did say it's five percent ABV. I don't think we said that, but yeah, it's five percent ABV. So so here's a little a little teaser uh, for everyone. I told I mentioned it to Patrick. And a couple of other other folks, but uh, I have a friend. I have found a friend. Um, we've actually been friends for a while, and just kind of reconnected here in the last uh, last week or two. But he brews his own beer, and so now when I you say he to... brews his own beer, do you mean like in his garage, or he has a company? No, it's well, he he has he legit brews it, but he does it in his garage. Oh, okay. Um. And so he's made, he's tried several different things, and he's got a he's got a batch working right now. Uh, and so I'm going to try to score score a little bit and and find some way to get it to Patrick. Let's meet in the middle, man. View it. <laughs> we'll just start driving and meet in the middle. That's right. We'll just meet in the middle. Um, so, but we we may have a beer coming up that is not available in stores. 
Uh, but it's just a, a friend, and and we're down to review anything. So we'll have, talk. About have you it talked to him about potentially being on the podcast? I did. I mentioned it to him uh, because I was telling him about it, and he was like, "Man, that's a great idea." Because I, I remember him brewing it. So so we may uh, we may have him as a special guest on the podcast when we when we review his beer. And uh, hopefully we can get some. We'll we'll know for sure in the next uh, week or two if we're going to be able to get some. But uh, but yeah, there's a little teaser for what's coming up. But uh, I'm kind of excited to turn up this old speckled hen. Yeah, it smells really it good. It smells good. The, and it looks good. Yeah, the color and the I don't know what else to say. It looks good and it smells good. So here we go, old speckled hen. Your bottle says smooth and refreshing. I sure hope it is. Bottoms up. Here we go. I like that. We forgot to pre-rate, but this is really good. Yeah, we did. I'm almost kind of glad we forgot to pre-rate. It's got... So this is the... It's called the Old Speckled Hen Distinctive, and I think this is what they call the bitter, which is surprising that, I, that I'm going to like it as much as I am. It's not that bitter, though. It's not. It's really not. It's got that hop flavor, and I think maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's what it is. It's the bitter. It's the hop flavor. So it's an English pale ale. So that's the first one of those we've had. We've had IPAs and APAs. Um, I'm just yes. looking up what an English pale ale is. Um Gold to bronze. It's not very pale. <laughs> yeah, gold to bronze colored beer at four and a half to five five and a half percent ABV, with a noticeable but not overpowering hot bitterness. Um, mm-hmm. It's got that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. This is the best international beer that we've had. Yes, yes. This is going to rank very highly in the in the Luther scale. I can go ahead and tell you that much. Mm-hmm. I'm not certain if I'm going to give it five. I'm still thinking on it. But this is, so So it says on the bottle, it says smooth and refreshing. And it is definitely smooth, which which to me kind of negates any kind of bitterness that you have. Because if it's like, when I think bitter, I think something that kind of makes my mouth pucker up a little mm-hmm. bit. And this does not do that. Now, I mean, it does have that there's a, hot flavor. There's a tiny, tiny bit of pucker like i'm trying to think where it is in the process of drinking it um it's like right after it leaves your mouth yeah there's like just a very small hint of bitter but then it goes away Mm -hmm. yep so what you gonna rate this thing patrick so i wish you hadn't let me go first because i actually really 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 like this one Okay. Um, I'm going to give it five. I'm going to take the rest of these uh, on our trip next week and nice. consume them. <laughs> and um, for, from my spot in my chair, I will be singing its praises because this is a <laughs> all day five Luther beer, all five day, Luther all beer. day long. I thought you would give this five Luthers when I tasted it. Um, and and I am I am right there beside you. I, I understand why you're giving it five Luthers. But you're going to give it four and a half. You know, I think I'm going to come in and I'm going to give it five Luthers as well. Oh, this okay. Thing, this thing is really good. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, 
fake me out on that there. Fake, I, thought, I did. I did fake you out. <laughs> I thought you were going to come in a little low. It's really good. It's, um, it's unique, but it's not so. It's not weird unique. No. Um, it's unlike any American beer. Mm-hmm. I, and if this is the number one beer in the UK, like the, we should probably I should, understand why. We should probably fact check that. Old speckled hen. This is what one. they claim on the bottle, or on the on the box. It says it's UK's number one beer on the box. Uh, but bear with us while we uh, do some research here. He's going to research. I'm going to talk a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you so talk about it. It is. I mean, it's the flavor is good. If you like a slightly hoppy. You know, all, it's, to me, this is almost like a yingling with a little bit of hops in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like yingling a lot anyway. So, so it's, um, it's. I'm I'm going to put it in, and the reason I'm going to give it five is because for me, it's right up there. It's not exactly the same, but it's really close to the same as the uh, Fairhope. I uh, drink, therefore I amber. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got that kind of texture ish. Um, the flavor is a little bit different. It's got its own distinct flavor. Than, than the amber does, and obviously it should because it's an ale, uh, and the, and the amber was a lager. Um, but but as far as just quality of beer, taste, and and overall, you know, pouring it out of the bottle and drinking it, this is I mean this is just a really good beer. This is you're gonna have this with anything. You can have it with dinner. You can have it relaxing. Like I said, you're gonna be in your chair. Chugging mm-hmm. them, probably not chugging them, but but, nope, but I'll, on them and I'll, enjoy I'll them. drink more than one a day. Like that's how <laughs> that's how good this is. Um, you may have to go find some more while you're on vacation. Eh, maybe not. Let's see here. But this is just—I mean, this is just one of those beers that's just flat out good. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good without being flashy, and I think yeah. that's like—and and again, we've had the flashy beers we've had. The uh, no crusts we've had, some of these fruit, the watermelons that we've had the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, some of these other ones that we've really liked um, that have had something really, really, really unique about them. Mm. And as far, and you know, it seems like our scale is constantly in flux, you know, like. Oh, one week we want something that's really unique, and the next week we're like, oh, we want, we just want like a really, really good beer. And remember, we're recording these at the end, of, you know, typically on a Thursday night, so it's after a long work week. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, based on what we've been going through each week, maybe maybe something will get a little bit better rating than normal. <laughs> but all that to say, I really do like this one. Um, I like this one a lot, actually, and um. I think this could be one that is added into my rotation yeah. of uh, of what I keep in my fridge if I ever get down to <laughs> not having leftovers. I think I still have some Oktoberfest beers in my fridge. Nice. From when we did the Oktoberfest in October. <laughs> I just I just saw an advertisement earlier today when I was scrolling through Facebook. It was a Yingling advertisement for the Oktoberfest, which is, I mean, it's July, so Oktoberfests are going to be coming out in just a couple of months. I mean, right. six, eight weeks, they're going to be coming out, so. It is it is about that time again. Yeah. And for I, the Oktoberfest. Yeah, and I don't, know if we'll, I don't know if we'll do that again. I don't know if we will, but, you know. 
it was fun the first time. You never know. We might decide. So anyway, but there you have it. There is the old speckled hen from Moreland Brewery over in the United Kingdom. They uh they came out of the gate swinging and uh they did really well. I I almost wanted to say hit it out of the park, but they don't play baseball over there. No, they don't. And if you say football, you're talking about soccer. So yeah, they play cricket, but you don't. The object isn't to hit the ball out of the park. Then I don't think. I don't know. This I don't. Under, I don't understand cricket. So anyway, <laughs> well done, Moreland Brewery. Um, we are actually. I'm actually very pleasantly surprised. I was not expecting to like that one as much as I did. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And maybe that's why I gave it five because yeah. it's, like it's almost. It surprised me. It's better than yeah. I thought it was going to be. I was, you know, thinking back on it, my brain was in like three and a half range for the yeah. if we were going to pre-rate, which we didn't. But now I'm glad we didn't because that would have. <laughs> Uh, we'd have been wrong. Yeah, we would have been, well, So, here's my thing, thinking on the pre-rating. I don't know if this is a conversation for now or, ne- or later, but here mm-hmm. we go. Um, my thinking on the pre-rating is it almost sets us up to be di- either very disappointed or mm-hmm. just mildly surprised. Yes. Whereas if we don't pre-rate, there's no... Initial shock. Well, there's no like number to our expectations. Like yeah. we're you and I still have expectations, but we didn't put a number on it. It's true. Maybe we'll stop doing the pre rating for a little while. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> like, we'll decide next week. Like we said, this is con- our podcast is constantly in flux, and everything changes <laughs> from week to week. So that's right. Anyway, we change more than Kanye runs for president. So there you go. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, now we're going to move into our topic of the week, and uh, we're going to spitball this week. We have no notes. We've done a little bit of reading. We're going to have some discussion, and we're going to talk about uh, how the church should view patriotism and how Christians should view patriotism right after these musical interludes. And we are back. Um, Rick has gone and gotten another beer. That's right. And uh, I didn't go get another one because I already had one with dinner. And I've got some other stuff I want to drink after we're done with this. So (laughs) I'm going to restrain myself a little bit. So tonight, um, so I know a couple of weeks ago we started the 77 questions book and I know we've deviated from that last week to talk about coronavirus. We're deviating from it again this week. Um, but we kind of felt like maybe this is a good time to have a discussion um, about patriotism and its true place in the church. And also, we just drank beer from the United Kingdom. <laughs> That's really what made us want to talk about this. I mean, that was really the that was really kind of the, the uh, spark that uh, got this flame started. So, but... You know, patriotism in the church is a thing that, depending on where you are or where, you know, what part of the country you live in or what denomination you're a part of, American patriotism is a very, very, very important part of your church, of your church and your church congregation. Mm -hmm. Um, We have had experience. Um, at least I've had experience, I won't speak for Rick, but I imagine he has had experience where 
patriotism gets in the way of church. What? And yeah, I know, crazy talk. Say it ain't so. And um, so we're you know we're trying. We just want to have this discussion about does patriotism have a place in the church? Should it be a part of your church? Um, and and the reasons you know for and against patriotism in the church yeah. and and why and you know why we think at least why I believe and why Rick believes the way that we do so yeah and you know it's you have to understand that that we're coming on the heels of of a time in church history especially American church history where I mean I grew up where there was American flags and I basically associated church and patriotism. Like it was like, if you're a patriot, you go to church. If you don't go to church, you obviously don't love America, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and and right or wrong, that was just kind of a mindset that I had growing up. And so, so, you know, it's, it's worth discussing where does patriotism fit in the Bible? Where does, um, nationalism. Really, I mean, really, when we talk about patriotism, we're talking about a form of nationalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does that fit in the Bible? How how should Christians view this kind of stuff? And then how should Christians encourage their churches to view this kind of stuff? Um, right. Because you know, on I can point to to two polar opposite ends of the spectrum and say, you know, you've got churches like First Baptist Dallas that does the, you know, Freedom Sunday every whatever close Sunday is closest to 4th of July with fireworks and they usually end up having like the vice president or some top national government figure come in and speak and and that that replaces a Sunday more a typical Sunday morning worship service. Mm-hmm. Um I mean uh, I hate to I really hate to put it this way because because they're in the same denomination that, that I'm in, but they replace worshiping Jesus one Sunday a year with worshiping America. Right. That's, I mean, that's what they do, completely yeah. flag-waving and, and fireworks. Yeah. Um, yeah and, I, and I think you and I have both been a, been parts of churches that have done that to some some degree. Yeah, yeah. And and now, now don't, hear, don't hear what I'm saying. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with a church doing a celebration of the country. You know, especially an American church. But what what I what I think is what I believe is too far is when you replace Sunday morning, Lord's Day, Sabbath day worship mm-hmm. with worship of your country. I think you, I think you've taken a, a step too far. At that. Yeah, I mean, you're flirting with idolism. Yes, at that point, and yes. and you know, we're not saying that. You know, it's not important to recognize the country that we live in. We live in a very, like, we live in one of the greatest, possibly, well, depending on who you ask, the greatest country in the history of the world. Um, And, you know, we should be thankful to God that that he's placed us here at this time. But at the same time, that doesn't justify ever replacing any part of your worship service where you're supposed to be worshiping Jesus yeah, with worship of a country. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I was challenged, uh, a long time ago. I think I was in college when I, when I was challenged this way. Um, cause I met some people who were internationals and they said, you know, 
if if a if somebody from Africa showed up at your church on this day, would those people think that you're worshiping Jesus, or would those people think that you're worshiping your country? Mm-hmm. And and I, I you know that that was a perspective to me that that really kind of hit me and made me think, okay, what's the point? Where do I you know where do I draw the line? What do I say? And because it's it's you don't want to be, and I don't want to be, um, a uh, you know, America. Everything is wrong with America. You know, I, I'm not I'm not taking that position, right? But I think as Christians, we have to have a perspective that's a little bit bigger than just America, especially when we're in the church, uh, because the church never, you know, the Bible never tells us to obey America and love America and only worship, you know, only live for America. No, no, no. The Bible tells us to to live for our neighbors. Well, your neighbor is every person, mm-hmm. regardless of where they're from, what color their skin is. Uh, you know, where they're going, where they're coming from, it, none of that matters. You're supposed to love your neighbor. Your neighbor is everyone. Right. And so if you can't, if you can't love your neighbor while participating in, in a service like that, then I think you need to check why you're participating in a service like that, you yeah. know, um, because, because you end up with, with this, this kind of mindset that says, well, I'm better than everyone else. So therefore the way we do things has to be the right way. Right. And if ours is the right way, then yours is obviously the wrong way. And, and you know, well, that, that's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but, but I think that's where, when you, when you get to this idea of patriotism in the church, that's where it leads to is it leads to an idea that America is right because we're the best and it's this mentality of might makes right mm-hmm. and and never ever in scripture is might makes right you know portrayed and so as Christians we may have power and we may have might but that doesn't mean that our conclusions are right right me i had a thought but i don't remember where it was okay sorry (laughs) no you're good so when all right so let's think about patriotism let's think about patriotism when is uh when is patriotism right for a let's 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 even pull it from the church when is patriotism right for a christian an individual christian for an individual christian yeah well, I would, I would argue that. So, so are you talking about American patriotism or just patriotism? Because, uh, uh, because if you're, I would say patriotism, no, regardless of what country you live in. Okay. If okay. you live in Africa, the United Kingdom, America, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, you know, mm-hmm. pick pick any country. Okay, I got you. When is patriotism a good thing? I mean. I think we should always be thanking God for putting us wherever we've been, mm-hmm. no matter where that is. If you're a believer in the United States or you're a believer in Iraq, you know God has placed you, has put you in that place for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we should be thankful for God 
no matter what, where we've been put, mm-hmm. um, taking pride in your country to the extent of patriotism, I guess it depends how you feel about your country. Yeah. Well, like, and, like, and, as an American, like, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. As an American, I'm a, I'm not like a super patriotic person. <laughs> like, I don't have an American flag on my car. I don't have, like, American flag clothes that I wear at 4th of July, Memorial Day, and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, that's because you worship Satan, but. But I, but I, yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> sure. But I love my country, and I'm thankful for the men and women who have fought and died for my country and yeah. and gave their lives so that we could have the freedoms that we have. And I don't yes. take those freedoms for granted. Um, so that, but that's just me personally. I can't speak for. So to answer your question, is patriotism okay for a believer? Is it ever okay for a believer? Maybe. I, and I mean, I would even argue that yes, patriotism is a good thing. Um, okay. You know, if you if you value where God has put you, if you value the country that God has put you in in His sovereignty, then you're going to take pride in your country, and and so I, I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with taking pride in your country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not wrong to say I'm from the United Kingdom and I'm proud of where I'm from. Mm-hmm. You know that that does not mean. And, and I think this is part of our culture, and we've talked about this really the last two weeks, and it's kind of funny that we would talk about it again this week, but but saying that you're proud of something is not tantamount to a wholesale endorsement of everything that that country has ever done. You know, mm-hmm. there are Germans who are proud of their country who are incredibly ashamed of the 1930s and 1940s. Right. You know? There are, uh, as an American, I am incredibly proud of my country, but I also realize that there is a lot of injustice that has happened because of my country. Yeah. And I'm willing to admit those things and say, you know what? We were wrong. Just because I'm proud of my country doesn't mean that I'm, that I think we're right about everything, you know? And it's, it's like, I almost think about it like a family, you know, you, you can fight like cats and dogs with your mom and dad, your brothers and sisters, and, and all that kind of stuff. But let somebody from another family insult your brother or sister. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're you're instantly exactly. defending your yeah. brother and sister regardless. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I like I think about patriotism in that in that same mindset. You know, I can fight with my fellow countrymen like cats and dogs, but let somebody else insult them. Oh no 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 no. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. over. Yeah. it's over. I hear you. And so, so I, I th- and that's like, that's where I kind of look at, that's the way I look at patriotism. Gotcha. Is, yeah. is you're, you're thinking of this like your family, you know, my nation, where God has put me, this is the family that I was born into. Did I choose this family? No, but I was born into it. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm going to defend it. And, and I think there are, there are times in scripture where, where it talks about, you know, Romans 13 is probably the prime example where we should we should honor the government we should honor our leaders mm-hmm. uh first timothy tells us we should pray for our leaders uh first peter says you know he in, in the context of first peter he's talking about honoring the emperor in the face of persecution mm-hmm. there in that first peter context so so even in times when we feel persecuted we should still 
respect. We should honor the government. That does not mean we agree with the government. Yeah. There is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so you know, we, we have to be in that constant back and forth mindset. Our ultimate allegiance, though, is always to the kingdom of God. Right. Yeah. I think we, especially here in America, I think we have this, like, sense that America will always exist, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, we live as if it's like allegiance to Jesus and then like right up against that is allegiance to the United States. Yeah. And I mean, I've thought about this and, and this thought has crossed my mind a few times. Like if something happened tomorrow and the United States ceased to exist, what about my life would be different? Yeah. Yeah. Like like would would my allegiance be to still be found in Jesus? Would I still be trusting him or would I be like wringing my hands wondering, "Oh no, the only country I've ever lived in is no longer exists. What do I do?" Mm-hmm. Um to touch to go back to your point on um praying for your leaders and and um submitting ish to your leaders like um, that means praying for your leaders even if you don't agree with them. That means praying for them even if you didn't vote for them. Yes. Um, yes. And I, I, I think a couple of weeks ago I mentioned the example of a church that I served in and the noticeable difference between, you know, when Barack Obama was in, in mm-hmm. office and when Donald Trump came into office. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, and I... Myself, I I tend toward the conservative side of things, but I'm also willing to look at my conservative brothers and sisters and say, "You guys are idiots." Because when Barack Obama is in, is in was in office, all you did on Facebook and Twitter was attack, attack, attack. Look at everything Barack Obama is doing wrong, and then when you flip the roles around, and Donald Trump is in the in the presidency. Now it's, you You shouldn't attack the presidency. You shouldn't attack that office. And I'm like, a year ago, you guys were attacking the exactly. office. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's, uh, hi, Pot, I'd like you to meet Kettle. The, you're both black and you both look like idiots. Yeah. You know, and, and my favorite thing is when, when and, and this is especially rampant right now, and I've seen it from my conservative friends, is they will share things that are knowingly false. And... They will say, well, it, it portrays their attitude and it portrays what they stand for. But you're sharing something that is false mm-hmm. while accusing other people of promoting fake news. Right. You're literally using fake news to promote, to, to con, you know, combat fake news. Yeah. You know, you that doesn't make your argument any better. All it does is make you look stupid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think that. You know, there's on each side of, and again, I we keep talking. I keep talking about anyway, like being on either side of the aisle, like yeah. being on one extreme or the other. I am finding myself more and more landing in the middle on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know you can step back and look at kind of look left to right and go, y'all are all idiots. Like yeah. like what what is even going on? Um, and how is this helpful for anybody to, yeah. for, for, for people on both sides to just be attacking the other side 
because they're not on their side is, is dumb. Like, okay, have a conversation with somebody. You voted for, you're going to vote for Joe Biden. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. We can have a discussion about where we stand and then still be cordial about it. Yeah. There's no need to, you know, there's no need to tear each other down because of it. And, and I mean, that's part of what makes living in our country so great is we can have different opinions and still like coexist. Yeah. It's not like in North Korea, like if you have any, any inkling of anything different than what the state says, you're like, you're evaporated off the, off the face of the earth. You're basically dead like uh, Jeffrey Epstein by Hillary Clinton. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, so get, so, so, so to get kind of back to patriotism in the church. So, you know, you ask that question, like, is patriotism okay in the life of a believer? And I say, and I will, I'll, I'll agree with you. I will say, yes, it is perfectly fine to be thankful for where you, where God's placed you to be mm -hmm. thankful for the country that you live in. Um, but I do think that there is a, a line in the sand, so to speak, where you've crossed over to from thankfulness and appreciation for the country you've lived in into idolatry. Yes. Of the country that you live in. Yeah. And I know, and it's typically older people, like baby boomers and older, that have this, like, idolization of the United States. In, like, I can't talk for other countries because I don't know any other countries, but, um, you know, when it's 4th of July, they're breaking out all the American flags and... Uh, want to talk to the pastor about why they're not doing American music anymore and yeah. how they miss that <laughs> stuff. And it's, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I know you people love Jesus, but you've got a glaring issue Yeah, when you're more focused on stuff centered around well, your country. And what they... Uh, what they always fail to realize that, that and, and I, I want to say they, as in anyone who agrees or who perpetrates the idea that like every 4th of July should be America Sunday. Why don't we have flags on the stage? Why, you know, all of this kind of, uh, this, you have to be doing something mentality. And, what, to to me, what that says is you you think that the church was founded when America was founded, and right. that when when America ceases to exist, the church will cease to exist. Well, you know, I've got a shocker of a revelation here for you. Oh boy, here we go. Um, <laughs> but the church was founded way before America was, and the church will be here way after America is gone mm -hmm. off the face of the map. So. So, no, the, the America doesn't owe anything to the church, and the church doesn't owe anything to America. That is a two-way street right there that I will, I will live and die on that street. Because, you know, were, was the founding of America, were the, the original founders of America, did they have very, very Judeo-Christian leanings? Were there things that were orchestrated by God? I will absolutely agree with all of that. But that does not make us a Christian nation. Yeah. We are specifically set up as a non-religious non nation as far as our civil government is concerned. That's why, 
you have the, the you don't, you, uh, what is it, the Fifth Amendment? Where there's no religious test for office. I can't remember exactly which one it is, but there's no, basically you can't say, oh, you want to be a senator? Well, are you a Methodist, Baptist, uh, or a Catholic? Mm, sorry, you can't be a senator if you're not one of those three. Right. Um, you know, there, and, 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 and I'll, and I'll come out and I'll say this, you know, I see my Christian brothers attacking people like, uh, representative, uh, Omar, uh, Ilhan, mm-hmm. whatever her name is. She's the Muslim in from Minnesota Twitter, in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and do I disagree with just about everything she says? Yes, I do. I disagree with her on every level, but th- she should not be removed from office because she is a Muslim. She has every right to hold that office the same as a Baptist, uh, a Pentecostal, an Episcopal, a Catholic, uh, a Buddhist, an atheist. She has the same right to hold that office as any other person does. Mm -hmm. And so stop saying things like, well, she's a Muslim. She's got to go because that is not a logical constitutional argument. Right. You know, if you're going to be a patriot at least know what your constitution is going to say right? And, and know what a person has the right to do. She has a right to hold that office. You have the right to disagree with her and, and you can disagree with everything about her, Yeah, but you can't say that she's going to be, she should be removed from office because she is a Muslim. Yeah. If, no. if you're going to say she needs to be removed from office, there needs to be a, like a, either a legal reason or go and vote her out. Like, yeah, like, like that—that that seems to be something people forget that can happen. Is that if you don't like, if you don't like how something is going, you don't have to just kick them out. You can vote them out. Yeah, vote for somebody else. <laughs> that would be almost more like I think that would be more damaging to the ego, honestly, if yeah. someone else got voted out of, you know, voted into a position. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that believers really do struggle with that whole idea that like. Just because someone isn't a Christian, does that mean that they're not entitled to the same rights that a believer is when it comes to holding position of office? Like, yeah. like how many how many non-believers have held any position in this country? You know, well, and and you only have to go to the Declaration of Independence to find out who. Who has who has these rights? Right. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Mm-hmm. That does not say that, you know, white suburban Catholics right. are created equal and everybody else is subject to white suburban Catholics. You know, all men are created equal. If, if you're going to hold to that, then you have to hold to that consistently. Right. You know, a, a black Muslim has the right and is created equal before God. Now, again, we can disagree about everything. We don't have to, we can we can agree on nothing. But the one thing that we can agree on is that all men are created equal. If you're going to hold to a constitution, if you're going to be a patriot, then you have to hold to that position. Yeah. 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 So, where where does that leave us as the church? Where does that leave Christians and, and the church? And, you know, 
we've said that it's okay for Christians to be patriotic. It's mm-hmm. okay for all this kind of stuff. All right, let's let's flesh it out just a little bit. Okay, you know, um, let's talk about Sunday services. Is it okay to acknowledge veterans? Uh, that kind of stuff, have an acknowledgement in your services for I, that. I think it's so. I think it's okay to acknowledge veterans. I think it's okay to mm-hmm. acknowledge the families of anyone who has lost a loved one. Because mm-hmm. those things are important. Um, and that's not, you know, you're not replacing anything in a, in this flow of a service with another element. Yeah. It's when you start taking, like, okay, so let's ask this question. Is it ever okay to sing the national anthem in a church service? See, and, and that's a really good question. That's actually where I would draw the line. Is is I would say that it's okay to acknowledge people. It's okay to even set a, set apart a, a portion of your service to say, uh, "We appreciate our country. We honor our country as the church, mm-hmm. and we want to recognize those people who have served our country mm-hmm. because because you deserve that honor." Yeah. Um. But where I would draw the line because. Singing is specifically a a type of worship, right? Okay, at, at, at least as far as you know, singing in a singing in the church, singing in a corporate, in a, in a corporate worship service is an yeah. act of worship. Is an act of worship, and so I mean, and and there's there's the folks who would take the whole you know uh, corporate worship idea even further than I would and say anything you do in in a corporate worship setting is an act of worship. Um, and, and to some extent I would agree with him. And I, but again, I think it's okay for a church to acknowledge certain things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and certain things that are, that may be particular to your country. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, I, the kind of litmus test that I run it through is always that what if somebody from another country was here, mm-hmm. what would they think? What would they think? And, you know, what would be going through their mind at this point in time? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I try to think, well, if I'm from Africa and I see that this church, this gathering of Christians is here, they're in this country and they're honoring the people of their church who have served their country. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that to me is a is an honorable thing for the church to do, and so I don't have an issue with that if I'm from another country. But mm-hmm. if you get up and you sing "God Bless America," and I'm from Africa, you know, well, does do y'all want God to bless Africa too, or do y'all just yeah. want God to bless America? Yeah. You know, it's it's and and to me, I think that's where I draw the line. I draw the line at singing. Yeah. Is it okay to? To honor people in your church who have served, uh, family members who have fallen, yes, I, I, I would say that's okay. And yeah. it would take a few minutes to do that. Where I draw the line is, you know, let's devote 15 or 20 minutes of a Sunday morning service to sing songs about America. Yeah. Because to me, for somebody who's from a different country, that that looks like idolization. That looks like worship Yeah, to me. Yeah. And, and I, I think I would agree with you on that. I think the having been in a church that every Fourth of July or every Memorial Day, and sometimes both, um, did the national anthem, did the salute to the armed forces, did the uh, 
like did like the Pledge of Allegiance and all this kind of stuff. Like those things are not inherently bad, and I'm not saying like death to America or anything by yeah. saying that those things don't have a place in the church service. But like you said, time time of music should be set aside for Jesus when you talk yeah. about corporate worship. Yeah. Um, and, and it's you know anything you can sing to or for is capable of worship. I've been to, mm-hmm. I went to a Garth Brooks concert a few years ago. Sorry. Um, and, uh, there were people that had their arms raised and were crying and were just so like emotionally like connected to the music slash very heavily intoxicated. And so, um, <laughs> what at a Garth Brooks concert? So, no. so I mean, but you know, music really does connect our soul to something. Yes. And in whatever the content of the music is, we're going to be drawn to an act of worship of that thing. And so, especially in the church service where you're called to, your whole time should be set aside to worship Jesus. I, I agree with you that, like, patriotic songs, national anthem, um, don't really have a place in a church service setting. Yeah. And if you want to do if you want to do a special Monday, Tuesday, other night of the week something, you know, as a church, that that to me is better than putting on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. or a Sunday night uh you know, special. Yeah, if you if you wanted to make it like a like a this is the only time during the year we do a Wednesday night service for like the whole church kind of thing yeah. where it's set aside where it's 30 or 45 minutes of yeah. just love in America. Like that, I would be more okay with that than taking up all the worship time in a Sunday yeah. morning. But, but if you're going to do, th- and, and this is where I would encourage, if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to celebrate the nation, that's fine. Do that. But Hey, why don't you invite the Methodists and the Catholics mm-hmm. and the Presbyterians and the Muslims and the Buddhists, who are all Americans too, invite them to come and sing songs about America because you're not there to worship Jesus at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not a person who thinks that the the building is so sacred that you can only have church services in them. Yeah, you know, I, I think there, I think you can use the uh, the church building for multiple purposes and it'd be okay. Right. Um, and so use that time to have interfaith dialogue, use that time to, to draw together as a nation Mm. that is a, a melting pot of religions. You know, we're not here to talk about the, you know, the gospel tonight. I think everybody should use every opportunity to talk about the gospel, but, but you know, you can have a time where we're saying we're here to celebrate our country and the one thing that all faiths that we have together in this country is the celebration of our country and the celebration that we can all come together and do this. Yeah. Um, and and it could be an opportunity to, to open a door to a relationship with somebody that could end up in a, could allow you to share the gospel with that person. If a Buddhist Muslim, yeah, whatever an evangelistic opportunity. Yeah. But it's, but it's not something that you have to label as such. Yeah. So, but yeah, so 
So yeah, so it sounds like you and I are in agreement in regards to patriotic music. Yeah. What about so? What about the flag? Ooh, the flag is a touchy subject. I know. You and um, I, you and I have stories <laughs> about yes, the flag. Do. Yes, we do. I've had multiple conversations with multiple people about uh, about the flag. Um, I personally. Um, do not think that a flag should be should be carried in a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And again, for me, it goes back to what that missionary, that that foreigner, uh, the international guy, challenged me as he said, you know, if somebody from a foreign country came in and they saw a flag, an American flag, what would they think your allegiance is to? Would they think your allegiance is to God, or would they think your allegiance is to your country? Mm-hmm. You know, and and. I guess, I guess where I would draw the line or where I would say, you know, if you're going to have a flag, then you should have every flag. Right. You know, um, because Christianity specifically is supposed to be reaching the entire world. So if we're going to say, you know, we're going to pray for America, well, why don't we pray for Istanbul and why don't we pray for Saudi Arabia and why don't mm-hmm. we pray for every country that needs to hear the gospel and so on the flag i would say if you're gonna have one have them all if you're not gonna have them all don't have any yeah yeah i I would agree with that there's um again and when you start doing things like removing the flag from the sanctuary you get mostly older people um (laughs) asking questions so yeah um and again it's not a because we don't love America thing. It's just, uh, we don't want anything to become an idol mm-hmm. or to become a, a stumbling block for sharing the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll say this in, in the conversations that I have had with people about the flag and, and about it being in the sanctuary, there, there's really only one specific group that that kind of stands out as very very adamant about the flag being in the sanctuary mm-hmm. um and that that's the group that that would have served in the Vietnam era um and i think there is a i think there's a there's a historical reason behind that um you know every world war almost every war that ended i mean you, you could argue maybe the korean conflict but but for the most part, anytime troops were sent across the world and they came back, when whenever the troops came back, they were pretty widely celebrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their heroes, especially World War II, um, really big in World War One. That kind of you know those kind of ideas uh, or those kind of times really led to a we're proud of our army for what they accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, Vietnam is a, is a completely different war. Um, because there was so much turmoil surrounding Vietnam, when those guys came home, they were rejected by pretty much everyone. Right. Um, and, and you gotta, you gotta remember These are 18 to 23, 24 year old guys for the most part that have given up their lives to go to a foreign country because their, their country asked them to, they go, they serve, they fight in these hellish conditions uh i mean vietnam is is just a brutal war as far as the you know the conditions are concerned 
and then they come back expecting the same, you know, the same response that World War II veterans and World War One veterans got. And what do they get? They get shunned by basically mm-hmm. everyone. Right. Well, the one group that didn't shun them was the church. And so, you know, and, and at the time, that that's when you have this almost marrying of patriotism and the church, uh, historically speaking. Because mm-hmm. the church didn't shun them. Well, now they see the church as a patriotic avenue. And so when you remove that flag for some of these guys... It really becomes, you know, it's it almost brings up that rejection that they felt. Right. Uh, they feel like the church is now rejecting them and what they went and fought for and what they had to give up. So I, I understand that a little bit, but I also go, you know, man, I'm really sorry you had to go through that. I'm really sorry that our country put you through that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that this is what the Bible teaches. Right. Yeah. So, so you know that, and and event, and essentially, what I come down on is where Scripture says, or what Scripture says, is where I'm going to rest my authority. I'm not going to rest my authority on anything else other than that. Yeah, yeah, and I really do think that's a good place to be for pretty much any topic that you can come across. Yeah, not just talking <laughs> about patriotism. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything what else? Questions you got? I mean, this is kind of shooting shooting from the hip on those. Um, yeah. You have anything? I don't, man. We're, we'll we'll cut this one a little bit short since we went so long a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rick texted me last night when he was mixing down the the episode that we'll have released. I guess two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago, yeah. Um, Racism. Yeah, and he said this episode is an hour and a half long, and I was like, oh, um, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. So, um, as as we get more into some more like direct topic stuff, we'll, we'll try to, I say we'll try to, we'll probably feel miserably, but we'll try to keep some, some episodes shorter so that these are yeah. uh, not so long winded. But, <laughs> um, if you've listened to every minute of our ramblings, thank you. We are very appreciative <laughs> of that. We're very grateful for you. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, Rick, if, our listeners want to connect with us on social media, where would they go to do that? So to get to us on the social media, they would go to Instagram and they would go to beers and Bible underscore. They would go to Twitter and go to beers and Bible P one. They could search Facebook and just search beers and Bible podcast. And then you can email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. And by connecting with us on those, you get the grand prize of connecting with us on those. You get to know that we'll personally respond to your emails. Yes, we will. There are no bots in our emails. Not yet, because <laughs> we don't have that big of a following. So, no, um, we don't. But seriously, do uh, do share and uh, share the podcast with your friends and family and coworkers and church people that you know. Um, we would love to... Uh, to hear from you guys and, and hear how you're like enjoying the podcast now that we've moved on from. So, um, <laughs> oh, we, yeah. we forgot Let's... to mention. So, um, w- the final episode of Jerry Packer released on July 17th. That is correct. And late in the day, July 17th, Jerry Packer, uh, passed away and went home to be with Jesus. 
Yes. So we we made a post about it. We did. We finished. So we released the final episode in Concise Theology, and then Jared Packer went home. So all I'm doing, and this is totally me just being stupid, but I'm convinced that Jared Packer actually listened to our podcast, and he said, "Dude, I think I just conclusion. I think I just saw the ghost of Jared Packer in your camera. (laughs) Either that or some dust." And he just slapped me across my head. No, he just kind of floated <laughs> by you, and then he went away. <laughs> it was weird. Like, it legit looked like a ghost. I'm not not even kidding. Nice. But I don't know if it was Jerry Packer, just like the ghost <laughs> of someone who lived in your house before. So, But anyway, all that to say, Jerry Packer, we are thankful for the impact that you've left yes. on the faith. And that we, I don't think he, he probably didn't have anyone talk about just one of his books for close to a year. I don't know. He, until he may have. until now, uh, I mean, we we have talked yeah. about one of his books for a year. Well, knowing God is probably one of the most revolutionary Christian development books out there. Okay. Um, and if you if you've if you've ever read Knowing God, you you know that. I mean, it's like a it's like concise theology, but it's just it is one hundred percent about Christian sanctification. Mm-hmm. And and the Christian's goal to know God more and more every day. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we we spent a year in concise theology, really talking about it and dicing it up. Um, but I, I would encourage you know everyone to go pick up a copy of Knowing God and read it because it will it will fundamentally change the way that you view Scripture, the way you view God, um, and it will challenge you in ways that you never thought you could be challenged. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but Jerry Packer, we appreciate you and your legacy, and um, we know that you are more than satisfied. And more <laughs> you're than you're in a better place than we are. Yes, very much so. So, but um, but there you have it. There's our discussion on patriotism. And um, did you finish your second old speckled hen? I will in about yeah, thirty seconds. Yeah, you're about done with that one. So, um. Uh, old speckled hen getting double fives. That was double fives. Not not many beers can say they've done that. So interested to see what's, what we're going to have on tap next time. But <laughs> until next time, we will see you later. Enjoy a cold beer and some good discussion, and um, have a good week. Peace out. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.